providers have flexibility in setting their prices? That's right, but many don't bother giving small businesses the savings you deserve. Instead, you can get lumped in with other businesses and overcharged. Pi Insurance was created to change that. With Pi, you get a quote tailored specifically to your business, and you could save up to 30% with no hassle and no hidden fees. And with helpful representatives just to call away, it's easy to understand why Pi is rated excellent by customers on Trustpilot. Take three minutes to see how much you could save with Pi Insurance. Ask your agent for Pi or go to saveonpi.com. That's saveonpie.com. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Coming up in a matter of minutes, Ben Heisler. I'll ask him already. Whereas he puts the props for some teams to win the NBA Finals. We'll do that here shortly. Marlon favorite Leo Haggerty, but first, Mr. Black... Give me your best ninety seconds or so, sir. Then we can go to Ben. What do you what do you got today? Dream, how you doing today? Doing good. Uh, uh, well, I got like that um that thing with your boy Cam Jordan. I love it. Mm-hmm. Everybody leaves, and every I try to tell you, you know what I'm saying. Keep on the rail. You know what I'm saying. Keep everything on the rail. I love that. Watch out for the Saints this year. Super Bowl bound, Ben. And another thing about the Pelicans. I think we could beat the war. I think we should beat the nation. Thanks I got so, high huh? hopes for door. Okay. Oh, yeah. And about experience uh, and all that of uh, you. You know what I'm saying? It's just about playing the game one game at a time. First one win the four is a champion. You know what I'm saying? Just one game at a time. Play, play like you play all season. And then you got Zion coming back. The tough in the inside. Oh, yeah, man. I look good. We're going to look good. New Orleans look good. Like the other day, I was listening to Jay Will and Keyshawn, and they asked by the best sports in the city. They nobody brought up New Orleans, <laughs> and I want to let everybody know New Orleans is the best sports town. And, and you have a good weekend. Happy Father's Day. Appreciate and it, Mr. Blake. Thank you. Appreciate it as well, man. Happy Father's Day as well. And I will see you Thursday over at Katie's as. Um, our crew of Katie's continues at Katie's on Thursday, night of the NBA draft. As we move on in and bring in Mr. Ben Heisler, as always, appreciate the time. Ben, how are you today, sir? What's happening, Gus? Happy Friday to you, man. Happy Friday to you as well. At Benny Heis, H-E-I-S, is the way to follow Ben over on Twitter. He's the managing editor for Bet Cited. All right, so the NBA finals are done. You've had some time to kind of think about it and... I keep asking this to everybody. So far, the answer is not really. Did you find the NBA Finals exciting or entertaining? I did. 
because I, I genuinely didn't know which team was going to win each night. And you obviously saw second-half performances proved to be vastly important throughout the course of the series. You saw it in Game 1 with the Celtics coming back from 40-16. to 16. I, I know the end result of a lot of these games, Gus, weren't always competitive, but it was the right matchup for the NBA Finals. You know, regardless of whether you thought that the Heat should probably have gone or what would have happened if the Bucks had been there instead of Boston, I, I think at the end of the day, it's hard to dispute that those were the two best teams playing for the championship, and as a fan, that's kind of all you can ask for. Right. You know, this was a very difficult series to, to handicap. I did take the Warriors to win the series. I had a features bet on them at 9-1 to one, um, at the start of the postseason just because I felt like they were finally getting healthy at the mm-hmm. right time. And I trusted that lineup and their consistency and their experience in the postseason more than I did anybody else. So it felt like the right mix of value versus the right talent on the floor, and talent almost always wins out in the NBA, and it just kind of lined up that way. But Boston brought it all throughout the course of the series uh, and all throughout the playoffs. It just fell a little bit short, and I think going into so many Game 7s in the previous two series, Gus, I think it caught up to them. I I just think they were gassed by the time the series was done, and it ended up backfiring on them. Golden State had some rest. They had the right players there, and they were able to take advantage, especially of so many Boston turnovers. That's what I thought when I was handicapping this finals I, that's what literally i thought just chasing those guys and so many you know players on that team in golden state ben that i mean you saw it even last night i mean boston would make a run and steph is just the ball barely touches his hands he's five feet away from the line he's covered he just throws it up it goes in i mean it's just when, when you have that many players that can hit threes everywhere you're just you're chasing and you're running so much, you know, and and you can't miss. It just it it, it takes a toll. I think. I, I think so too. Um, it's deflating, and then especially you see Golden State go on a twenty-one nothing run in your home building, and you have to think to yourself, okay, we finally got a game in Game Five where we outplayed them in the third quarter, and we still lost by double digits, and Steph didn't make a three. Like at this point, are we kind of just snake bit the rest of the series? And I'm not saying that Boston went into Game 6 in their home building thinking that, but when you see a team like Golden State, who you've been the the best defensive team, Gus, since the beginning of the new year, and it's been by a long margin. Um, Golden State was the number two defensive rated team in the NBA this year as well, so they weren't a slouch. But Boston was heads above everybody else when it came to defending, especially on the perimeter. And Golden State still found ways to to get open looks. And when they didn't, Steph was still an 86% effective field goal percentage shooter. Like, he was making shots that he shouldn't have been making, but that's kind of the nature of what he does. That's why I still felt like there was a talent discrepancy. It was just, there, there wasn't enough for Boston, I feel like, to overcome Golden State once they started making shots that they otherwise were mm-hmm. defending relatively well. At that point, there's only so much you can do. No doubt. And I think uh, what was also interesting, you saw the emotion and you you know, uh, heard with their own words in the post-game pressers, they, um, the, the, the Warriors, they they took receipts, they pay attention, right? Who's saying what about who? And, and it matters. I mean, Clay Thompson brought up a, a tweet about in March, uh, about uh, whether or not they could play or, or they had a chance to win and stuff. So it isn't just today's athlete, though, right? I mean, was, with so much social media connectivity to, to fans and then to read and respond, I mean, obviously 
Kevin Durant literally responds by the segment to certain shows that they go on during the day. It's just, it's interesting to hear players kind of uh, reveal the chips on their shoulder. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting only because it, it doesn't, I, I think it's different generations sometimes speaking. There's plenty that would say, you know, why, why even bother with it? But these are young players that are, you know, living as, uh, millennials and, and, and Gen Z in the uh, period of our of their lives, where where social media is a large aspect of their their childhood and their adult life, like it's a reflection of society. So when they're using it for motivation and fuel, like you've got to do whatever it takes. And being an athlete, as much as we'd all love to be able to have that lifestyle, the the ridicule and the criticism that comes from it. Um, if you're an athlete, you can either um, become a victim to it or you use it in some form as motivation to keep your competitive drive going and you saw that it mattered to Golden State and yeah. I don't look at the Warriors as a team that needed to you know, find all this adversity to be able to showcase that um, they're a, a true and effective dynasty in the league I think their numbers speak for themselves mm-hmm. um, but I don't necessarily think that it was about finding that motivation that all of a sudden changed the narrative I think I think if, if there was one player that actually did change their narrative over the course of the NBA Finals, it's without question Andrew Wiggins. Because this is somebody that came out of KU. Gus, he played about 45 minutes from where I live uh, over uh, in Kansas City. He played over the University of Kansas. Uh, you saw the talent. You saw yeah. the type of ratings that he could be coming in. But it took a long time. He had to be in the right environment, pushed by the right guys and coaching staff to turn into a fearless defender that can knock down outside shots, beat you off the dribble, be a terrific rebounder. Like, Andrew Wiggins now in Golden State, especially having one more year left on that contract, to me makes the Warriors the clear-cut favorites heading into next year because of his development, because of what steps he was able to take, and because you know the capabilities of this team when everybody is fully healthy, which they weren't for most of last year. So I think the Warriors and Wiggins really took that next step in changing the narrative of themselves, even though most of Golden State really didn't need to do that. Uh, I am kind of interested to see how next year is going to go, because obviously getting players back that maybe weren't as healthy this past season, Ben, I think will make a difference, right? The Clippers with Kawhi Leonard, a healthy Anthony Davis is going to make a difference to the Lakers as much as we don't want to hear that here in New Orleans. A healthy Zion is going to make a difference. So when you look and and start to handicap the West, ESPN had their power rankings they put out this morning. The Pels are 16, but six of the top 10 are Western Conference teams. The Pels are the ninth Western Conference team in the top 16, and they're 16. So where would you put them? I guess being ninth is better, right, than not doing that. But when you look at the West and you start handicapping, they got the Warriors. Do you have them as the favorite next year? I do. I do for for a lot of the reasons that we just mentioned. I think having somebody like Wiggins take that next step makes them elite. Um, You saw the capabilities that he was able to have even when other guys weren't performing anywhere near their best. Um, You had a, a deep and experienced bench, Jordan Poole at times, was the score that they needed. Kevon Looney was a dominant inside rim protector that they needed. And now that you have Wiggins to be able to contribute on both sides of the floor, uh, when they're healthy, I think they're the most dangerous team in the league, and they proved that this year. So they're right at the top for me at number one. Um, there's a lot of love for the Clippers. And if you go to several sports books, they're co-favorites with the Warriors and the Celtics. And 
even the, the Brooklyn Nets. I'm not ready to commit just yet. I think Tyron Lue is a terrific coach. Uh, I saw a team towards the end of the season that put out some terrific performances without Kawhi Leonard, but I think once he gets back, it's still going to take some time for them to adjust. They deserve to be amongst the favorites, but I, I probably wouldn't put them at the top. Um, you know, I, I, I Probably if you're looking for teams that I have ahead of the Pelicans, it's certainly Golden State. Uh, it's the Clippers, right. the Suns, although there's certainly a lot of questions there. Um, Denver being able to get back Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. is going to help substantially. Sure. Memphis hasn't shown any signs that, that they deserve to not be ahead of the Pelicans. Uh, and then Dallas. Uh, but I'd probably put the Pelicans and the Lakers and, the, and I guess the Timberwolves and the yeah. Jazz, I think, are, are way too highly rated. I think they're going to stink next year. I think they're going to be awful uh, <laughs> based on, on everything that, that I'm projecting for a, a team that's likely to be, I think, okay. dismantled next year. So I, I think the Pelicans are kind of right where they need to be. They're 40-1 to 1, uh, consensus to win the NBA Finals. I don't think this is their year. But again, you're, you're relying on something that you just haven't seen, which is a healthy Zion Williamson to help this team get to the next edge. If he's available and he's putting up the numbers that he's capable of, then certainly they're a top six team, I think in the Western Conference, but we just don't know it because we haven't seen it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so we'll see what happens. Obviously, we got some time for that. NFL mini camps uh, are done here. Two other topics real quickly. Uh, I just saw some reports out there that the NFL could be seeking a, a substantial suspension of Deshaun Watson and his people or, or sources per, per se for a report I just saw. It could be a year or something of that nature. Look, man, I... That story is going to be one to really not only pay attention to, not only from his aspect of it, but really the Cleveland Browns as a team, too, because that could affect a lot of different aspects. So, like, who's their quarterback if he's suspended for the year? Yeah. I, I, whether it's going to be Baker Mayfield or I think they brought in, I don't even remember who their, who their backup quarterback is right now. I think you'd probably want to start paying attention, uh, for, for Cleveland if that's the case, but, um, I still think they have to move on from Baker. I don't think there's any sort of reason for them to, to hang on to him at this point. Um, they brought in Jacoby Brissett. So that's your backup moving forward. And if Watson isn't able to go, um, you know, there, there's no reason for them to keep Baker. They don't want to get him hurt. They want to trade him while he still has some sort of potential value left on the board. Um, but you're right. It's, it's a very overwhelming story um, for a wide variety of reasons. Yeah. Um, much of which have nothing to do with football, but it's going to become uh, largely speculative until mm. the NFL actually Does makes right. a decision and decides what they want to do. But um, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if uh, we go two years uh, without seeing Deshaun Watson take the field. And it, it's pretty remarkable, Gus, that despite all these allegations um, and a lot of collaborated reports and terrific, terrific journalism, amongst the, the the several great reporters uh, that have been involved in this story. Um, Cleveland decided to ignore all of it, make him the highest-paid quarterback in the league, and just yeah. hope that it goes away, and yeah. it's certainly not going away. No, that is very well put. Also, maybe going away or not going away, this Liv versus PGA battle. I mean, we're in the second round of the U.S. Open, and one of the storylines really is the X, I guess, PGA top players and people that have won majors like Phil Milkison just not playing well so far at the U.S. Open and maybe not making the cut and going back away to live. Man, what do you make of all this? I I think it's amusing. Um, I, I think 
the seeing Jay Monahan fumble over his words, the PGA Tour commissioner, when he had a chance to, to really basically just trash it for, for the organization that it is, uh, was a missed opportunity. And you're also seeing players on the tour um, react strongly to it. The, the fans are still rooting for Mill, but for uh, for Phil Mickelson, but he's he's getting his ass kicked today over in Boston. He's plus eleven, um, about seven strokes off of the projected cut line today. Um, I, I sent out a tweet from some of the other names that are on the Live Tour uh, that are likely going to miss the cut: Sergio Garcia, uh, Taylor Gooch, Kevin Na. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen, who's actually been been terrific in majors over the course of his career, he's sitting at six over right now. Um, and, and DJ and Bryson DeChambeau, a couple of the other big names that agreed to go to to the Live Tour and uh, and, and play for that league, are, are still hanging around, but certainly not amongst the you know, the top twenty right now. Yeah. It's 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 a money grab, Gus. It's that's purely what it is. And honestly, I would have respected some of these players more if they would have said, "Yes, I am going." And taking um, and working with a, uh, a fairly um, what's what's the right word that I'm looking for uh, an operation that uh, is certainly sketchy to say the least because they're going to pay me a boatload of money. Mm-hmm. If they would have just said that, I think most people would have said, you know what, I I disagree with the notion of it, but I understand everybody has their price and sure. you have your price. Yeah. To try to magnify it as oh, I'm looking because. This is a new opportunity to help change and reshape the way that, that golf is <laughs> right, played. Right, Give me a break. Right, it's all right. No, I'm with you. I'm like, look, I'm looking the other way, Ben, because I'm getting $200 million. I'm sorry. I will yes, you know, just send you come out and say it. Yeah. Have, some, have yeah. some self-respect. Like, you've already gone on to the league. And there, there was one line uh, during last week's broadcast from Jay Monahan that, that I thought was interesting, um, where he basically said, you know, the players in our league – uh, are not ashamed to be in this league. Yeah. And there's probably a lot of them that are on the live tour that uh, are, are, I want to say having second thoughts, yeah. but uh, they're probably not broadcasting the fact that uh, this is now a, a new aspect that they're part of. Yeah, as we wrap up, Ben, I think Jay probably summarized it best when he said, you don't have to apologize to be a member of the PGA. That's right. Yeah, no Bingo. question about it. Period, that's uh, it. You're, you're seeing, <laughs> that's you're seeing uh, also on, on, a, on, a, on a league an organization that uh, is, is rewarding uh, the most challenging golf this week over at Brookline. Um, there's not a lot of live golfers that are near the top of that leaderboard right now. Yeah, exactly right. Ben, always a pleasure, sir. Who you got in the CWS in 60 seconds? Ah, who do I have in the CWS? I like Stanford. Uh, I, Stanford and Texas are, are the two teams that I, I feel are, are best uh, suited to, to win this thing. Um, Alex Williams, uh, Stanford's best starter. Um had a couple rough outings uh, in his last few, but I think he turns it around. Stanford, by the way, if you're looking to uh, to bet on Stanford games, I think the over has hit several consecutive ones. Their offense is absolutely legit. Um, and if you're concerned that Williams isn't going to turn it around, then uh, all the more reason to, to jump on board the over. But I, I like Stanford. Uh, Texas has a tough matchup against Notre Dame, but uh, I think they're also in line. Uh, to make it interesting as well. So give me Stanford to go ahead and win this thing. All right. I picked Texas. Let's see what happens. That Benny Heiss is the way to give you a follow over on Twitter, H-E-I-S. And I see, per your Twitter banner, sir, uh, live on YouTube now on weekdays at 4 o'clock Central. Awesome. Yeah, that's, it's a lot of fun. So uh, once they're done uh, hanging out with you on the Sports Hangover, definitely come on over uh, and give us a shout over on the Daily Bet Slip. We answer all of your daily sports betting questions. Uh, we go through our favorite bets of the night. We go through the game of the night as well. 
uh, and have a lot of fun. But it's a, it's a super interactive show, and we love being able to answer uh, and go through some of your favorite bets as well. Nice, man. Good job, man. Uh, looking forward to it. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Be good, man. Yep, there he goes, Ben Heisler. When we come back, uh, Marlon Favorite, what stood out to him in the Saints minicamp practices? I'll ask him next on ESPN New Orleans. Today's Medical Minute is provided to you by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. Hello, I'm Billy Nakian, the director of the Spine Center of Excellence at Thibodeau Regional. Have you had a recent neck or back injury, or have you been suffering with recurrent neck and back pain? Have you been searching for relief? Thibodeau Regional has developed a unique approach to treating neck and back disorders. The Spine Center of Excellence provides a comprehensive, patient-centered approach to ensure that you receive the right care at the right time from the right provider. The Spine Center is different because it offers centralized access to multiple specialties and services. Patients and their referring physicians are led by a nurse navigator through a process of assessment and treatment individually tailored to the patient's unique condition. In addition to total care coordination, the Spine Center's comprehensive services include everything from high-tech diagnostic imaging to physical therapy, surgery, alternative medicines, and chronic pain services. If you're experiencing back or neck pain, call today. 985-493-4501, the Spine Center of Excellence of Thibodeau Regional will put you on the path back to your normal routine. This Medical Minute was sponsored by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, nationally recognized for providing the highest level of quality care and patient satisfaction. It's the Ram. Make the switch event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We talk about sport, real sports. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Marlin, 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 Marlin. Time to bring in Big Faye 504. With a follow on Twitter, Inside the Trenches, the podcast, Mr. Marlin Favorite. Good afternoon, Marlin. How are you? Well, how is it, Gus, man? Uh, aside from uh, losing a bet that Boston will go in seven games, they're losing six. So, now I could get past basketball and I guess talk a little football. Hello, somebody. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So, it's not a good week for you then, huh? You lost a bet. And then uh, your beloved Dallas Cowboys apparently uh, just don't follow the rules. Can't follow directions. Mike McCarthy fined 100000 The Cowboys will be docked an entire OTA in 2023. Forget this, Marlon. Holding practices that were deemed too physical by the NFL. See, coach got to realize, man, he can't have the Cowboys going hard like that. <laughs> you don't need to expose that type of, you know, we understand that they got a top defense and all of that, but see, that's what they get. Slap on the wrist. Good for Coach McCarthy. That's good for you for doing that. You know okay. That's vicious Dallas defense. All right. All right. Um, Okay, I'm beating around the book. Too physical. I'm I'm just being honest. Like what 
What exactly now? I, I know like in the CBA you can't have like contact, like tackling and stuff, but like who deems that? Like what is the definition of a practice being too physical at an OTA? Marlon, do you know? Yes, I do know. Now, I don't, I didn't see any clips from Dallas' practices or the ones that were deemed uh, to be uh, against the rules. But I did see the Saints practices and I saw that those guys had on spiders. Sometimes it was just helmets, you know, and it wasn't all that hitting. I'm assuming this is had to deal with the new CBA and the amount of contact you can have on the field. So it might have stretched that a little too much. Which, again, as a former player, all jokes aside, look, if, if we're only supposed to be out here an hour and we're supposed to be out here like sag actors and not really touching, so be it. <laughs> But I mean, I guess the thing too, because he's not the only one. There's been a bunch of teams and coaches fined. Uh, you know, Ron Rivera and the Commanders had two taken away, and they got fined a little bit more for doing that. Uh, I think uh, another coach was what that? It, oh, oh, the Texans, Lovey Smith, fined because he did an O line versus D line drill that you're not supposed to do. I I was standing there watching the first OTA. I mean, the first minicamp practice, and me and Sean Fazan from Fox 8 are sitting there going, he goes, man, I just remember OTAs and all this just being, just being more. Like, you, you could do more. And, and again, look, you're a football player, I'm not. So, I get it if you're not going to give me that second week of buys, and you're going to make me play 17 games now and all that stuff, then this offseason, I don't want to get injured. Do you think a lot of that is, uh, don't get injured now because it may cost me when I need to be here in, say, August and September when the games start. It is, Gus. And, and, and to keep in mind that we're under a new CBA, right? So this new, this new CBA dropped 2020, time we were in a pandemic. So it wasn't any contact then. Then last year it was contact within reason. It was still under co- uh, corona coding. This is legit the first year these new rules are being implemented. So a lot of coaches may have missed that. Like you said, Coach Rivera over at the Commanders and, you know, Dallas. <laughs> of course, being in the news all the time, being a part of that as well. So you, you do have to look at it from that perspective. The old school still, when we when we had uh, 16 games and it was more preseason games, they would work us more. So this is – I know this is something that, that – them from the CBA that they didn't realize you couldn't do, for real. So you said you mentioned that you got a chance to kind of look back and see some of the things that stood out. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I know you like to keep it in the trenches, and the trenches is probably, I guess, Mike, I'd say concern, or at least spot to look at, specifically right defensive end, now that we have six weeks waiting to training camp. You've played on the D-line. When you hear that Davenport, you know, had to remove part of his pinky, but, you know, has another shoulder injury that he's had to sustain, and, and the injuries he's had at that position with what he does, are you starting to get concerned for the guy? A bit, Gus, because this, this young man has legit dealt with a lot of injuries since he's been a professional, and I do think he has a lot of upside, a lot of potential. So you do kind of worry. You know, at the same time, a lot of us have Michael Thomas on our mind as well, not seeing a lot of action from him. Uh, the good thing is this mini camp got out the way now, and it's six weeks until, you know, the next contact 
report dates like, oh, you're taking some of my summer. Right. So that's good rehab time for Davenport so he could come back into training camp full throttle. And then, of course, Mike T, um, give him more time to heal. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see um, when they come back. Look, I and you, you still have time. I mean, you still have all of July. You still got some time here in June, Marlon. And, and then eventually, you, you know, you got camp and preseason and things of that nature. Look, September 11th is some time away. So we will see when that happens. Just over 70 days. I think 73 to the, to the first college football game, Marlon. So we getting closer and closer, even though it is just it's as hot as you know what outside. <laughs> Into it, but <laughs> I hear you, man. Look, I said yesterday on the show my, I guess, top three things of the Saints' off-season work: the three OTA weeks and the mandatory minicamp week. Jameis Winston being there, doing pretty much everything, saying he's waiting for the lease to be taken off. I think that's a huge thing to see a guy get walked, you know, helped off the field with a knee injury. During last season. My second is maybe a close tie either. Landry, man. Seeing Landry and Olave to that position group was, was something else. And I think the third thing is I, I'm interested on how they plan on using the honey badger. Cause I don't know if you've noticed, but Tyron Matthew isn't the safety that's kind of running around most in the stuff that I saw. It was Maze. So, you know, I, it's interesting. I, I'm trying to think of a time where Tyron is like sort of like a single high safety or one that just kind of stays in the back most of the time. I'm so used to him being around the box. That could be something interesting. It is, Gus. Uh, and me and you are almost uh, twin brothers in regards to the three things that I was looking at. Um, I was kind of like Jameis and his protection, right, the offensive line, but again, not being able to see a lot of that. Uh, of course, I, I have questions across the D-line, but um, it is good seeing uh, – Chris and Jarvis, Dell, and, and even to see the rest of the receiving core. Uh, my main man, Dante Harris, well, Dante Harden now, he changed his name, uh, honor of his stepfather. And, and you have uh, Callaway look so crisp in that number one. You have a lot to look forward to just watching those guys and those DAs. And even though Jameis still has his brace on his leg, he looks very fluent. And I mean, he's going to probably have that on. Uh, throughout throughout training camp, that's just a protocol for that right. injury. Uh, but but I mean, just the, the Tyron thing, that's something for me as well because I, I do think that they're going to use him in the box for a tackler to, to tackle. But at the same token, you want to be able to use him to guard some of these tight ends they're going to go against. Like going against Kyle Pitts when they play against Atlanta, you have him in the box and right. have fun with. It's going to be interesting. Um, we'll see. I mean, all we can do now is just kind of wait for the summer. Six Wednesdays, Marlon. Six Wednesdays. And then we will have the uh, first practice of Saints training camp, if you can believe that, man. Only only six, man. And um, and, and go tell Mike to keep it down, man. I mean, that's, you, you can't be so hard on your Cowboys. <laughs> Don't be so hard on them. Because like, it's not good for players to feel like – you know, this is mini camp. This isn't training camp. This isn't week one. It shouldn't feel like that. They got to get rid of that. Old, he, you know what? He brought that down from Green Bay. That's what happened, guys. It, it wasn't that. It wasn't the Cowboys thing. He brought it down from Green Bay. I knew it. I knew it. And mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, man, I feel sorry for what he had to go through. Right. <laughs> 
As always, appreciate the time. Uh, Big Faye 504 is the way to follow inside the trenches. Of course, the podcast, Mr. Marlin favorite. Happy Father's Day weekend to you, bud. Happy Father's Day weekend to you, my brother. Y'all have a good weekend. Enjoy the barbecue and all that good stuff that goes with it. Hello. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Take care, bud. Enjoy, my brother. Yep, for sure. It is eight to three, Oklahoma over Texas A&M. Bottom of the third inning. Matt Muscone, and after further review, is coming up in twenty nine minutes, and I guarantee you he's going to talk about the breaking news as LSU uh, baseball losing the pitching uh, pitching coach Jason Kelly is going to UW. He will be the Washington baseball. Head coach. After spending the season with LSU and two seasons at ASU. So there you go. It is the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Subscription required. Refund available for 60 days after purchase. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 90% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to 4 slash joy. You'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the biggest brands at 90% off. That's right, get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but 90% cheaper. It's the same medication you get from your doctor, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. Results are guaranteed or your money back. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4 slash joy. That's 4 slash joy for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Max Kellerman. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Are you watching Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yes, I am. Okay, because I'm watching it with my kids. I don't want to offend anybody, yeah. but I don't even know who Obi-Wan right. Kenobi Obi-Wan is. Kenobi, oh, I got you. But, oh, Darth Vader was catching wrecking on episode... Darth Vader showed up out. in episode he three. Came out. Up What's until up? a couple years ago, I thought it was Dark Vader. <laughs> GJ and Max, followed by Greeny. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. What would you say? Hello, sports fans. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back, Sports Hangover. As always, we enjoy the time Mr. Leo Haggerty gives us. It's Sports Magazine, covers the Buccaneers, NFC South, little golf, little every, everything. Sir, how are you? Gus, I'm fine, but I got a question. Okay. Is there a reason why there's a Viagra commercial on right before I come on? I have nothing to do with that. 
Just saying, I have nothing to do with that. I just, I just sit here and I let the show yeah, that, just that, go that's on. Probably Jordan or Buddy, right? They just poking fun at me, guys. Well, hey. I, I, I hear you. Um, so the Pelicans, I just saw this get uh, posted here a little bit ago. Bet online has the Pels thirty-three to one, Lakers twenty to one to win the finals, Warriors nine to two. Um, who, who do you like next year to uh, go and win the NBA championship? Milwaukee, if they're healthy. I mean, it's, it, it, if Chris Middleton doesn't get hurt, I don't think anybody beats Milwaukee because they have an inside-outside game. I mean, you, you watch what's going on right now in the NBA. You watch the finals with the Celtics and the Warriors. There's no center. It's five guys spread around the perimeter. And, you know, all of a sudden, you put the Greek freak in there, and one, he takes away the driving lanes, and two, he scores inside. And that's the, the one thing they, they didn't have was Chris Middleton shooting a jump shot. But uh, I'll tell you what, Gus, it's going to be hard to beat Golden State right now with those three shooters on the perimeter, the way the NBA is. And God forbid, they, they, they finally called walking last night. Did you see that? <laughs> finally? Oh, my <laughs> God. It, it, they, they gotta do something about that. It's, it's getting ridiculous. Okay. I got you. Um, let me ask you this. When you look at the finals here as well, I, I'll just ask you, did you enjoy it? Did you think it was entertaining? As I watched it as a fan, probably, but from a strategic standpoint, it was terrible. I, I mean, when you look at what, and I thought the Celtics finally got the, the idea that you got to make Steph play defense. And in game three, they did that. They made him defend every time down the floor. And mm-hmm. I said, Gold State's in trouble now because they're just going to wear the guy out. Well, Boston got away from it. They lost the last two. And, and that was all she wrote. And, and that was a, a shame because I don't know if it was like a mistake that just happened or because all they have to do is make that guy work every time down the floor. Run him off picks, make him defend. Yeah. If you do that, you take away him his, on the offense. But you just can't let him drop thirty plus, forty plus on you every night, dude. It's, he's just so hard to, to defend. If you ever watch him, he just runs nonstop. Like the conditioning that Steph Curry's in, I, I don't know how you get there. <laughs> I honestly don't. Oh, he's a marathon runner. Guys. No, he exactly is. That's right. a very good way to put it. I haven't heard anybody say that word to describe it. You're absolutely right. He is. He runs a marathon the entire um, – it would be interesting, like, and I'm sure they have it because they, they all have wearables now. But I'd love to know how many steps. You know, like I got my Apple Watch and I, I'm all – yeah, I'm at 2,000 steps today or something. I'd love to know the amount of steps that he takes in an NBA game. Oh, yeah, he's – Probably runs miles. I mean, you know, double digit miles. He probably runs 10, 11 miles. And you should be able to do that. They do it in hockey. Why don't they do it in basketball? Yeah, I'm sure it's out there. I just probably got to Google it. I just have, you know, I don't have it to the front of my head here. Um, obviously, sir, you cover the NFC South and you do a little bit of everything for us here as well. But when it goes to the NFC South, then we'll get to the Buccaneers and how their mandatory minicamp went. Um, I, I got to start again in Carolina. I, I had Chris McLean on from WFNZ earlier on this week. Uh, there's good old Matt Rule again, you know, basically saying, quote, if we can get a significant upgrade at quarterback, we'll do it. That's got to make Sam 
Darnold and the rest of the team feel good. I mean, they still don't know what they're doing, man. And it, it, it's just, it's, it's so crazy to me how he handles that whole thing because that's basically the story of their offseason training conditioning. Yeah, just that's I when they signed Sam Darnold, first thing I said is, is that an upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater? And I said, no, it's the guy. He isn't that kind of guy. He's just a guy. And now they got to decide because you know they're going to be somebody's going to be dangling Baker Mayfield out. Make you simply better. That's you got to ask. The problem is, Gus. It may, and if it does, what what Carolina pull the string? And they may be able to get him cheap simply because Cleveland wants to load him. Yeah. And uh, it's just nothing for their continuity. Absolutely nothing. Well, it's going to be interesting to see, especially now that, I mean, look, it's called it the Friday news dump, right? I mean, it's a classic move here. But um, the reports are coming out now that the NFL could be seeking a one-year suspension uh, for – Deshaun Watson, and I find it interesting that they could be seeking that this is the the report is the NFL could be asking its own NFL could you know commissioner of suspensions to do this. So obviously they're leaking it for it to kind of start preparing the city of Cleveland and everything else, man. But uh, it, it's nuts when you think of what's that case like. If, if you're the Browns, you're, you're punting on this season by taking the chance with this guy. You, well, you know fractured the relationship with what? Baker, and 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 I think the reason you go and make the move for the Sean Watson is because this team, quote unquote, thinks they're a Super Bowl contender. But you're punting a season. You know, I guess here's my problem with this whole thing with Deshaun Watson. He's been convicted of a crime. No, and until he's convicted, you're going to have a real problem coming up and saying, "Well, it's conduct detrimental to the league." I mean. <laughs> What what has he done that's detrimental to the league? He's been a single guy. He's went out. He hasn't beat anybody up. He hasn't been on a police fire. So I'll tell you what, when you it's not proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. It's just can you prove it or can you make it like it is? And these people are coming out of the woodwork right now. And if it was that bad, what took you a year and a half to, to come up and say this? And that's just, I, I, I'm wondering if it's just not piling on. When it comes to the Falcons, I guess no news is no news. I, I can't really think of anything substantial other than, um, you know, nobody got hurt in, in their, you know, four week, uh, training there here, here for the Saints. It was seeing Jameis, a bunch of different players. I think Landry, um, Leo's the real deal, just by the way you can just see him. I mean, you know, it almost, you kind of forget he's a five-time Pro Bowl receiver. Olave looks like the real deal. I, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to see sort of like when action gets going. How would you describe the three weeks of OTAs and one week of mandatory minicamp for the Bucks? Kind of business as usual. The one thing we're going to see a lot more of, Gus, down here is ones-on-ones, as, as God always calls it. I see good on good. And that's going to make for some interesting practices. But, again, Tom Brady, a quarterback, you don't want to have him 
fucked up by 46 years old, whatever you need a calendar to figure it out. And they, they're just, uh, they decide to move away from an Sioux, which I think was, because I don't think that right. signing uh, the guy from Chicago was an upgrade, especially if it was for what the money is. You probably got sued for that. And yeah, he hasn't missed a game, Gus, in I think 10 years. That's unheard of for a defensive lineman. Uh, the biggest question mark down here, Gus, what is the story and what is the status of Chris Godwin? No one's talking about it. Everybody has made great progress. I said he can play before the beginning of November, which is all same day, as you mm-hmm. know. Uh, I, I think that would be reasonable. When these guys go in, we, we have no idea how bad the tear was. And you have Jonathan Isaac, who plays for the Orlando Magic, He's missed two years with an ACL, so yeah. you can imagine that his was. So we'll just have to see when he shows up and if he shows up. <laughs> well, you know, you know me, I wouldn't mind a little controversy uh, with, with your Buccaneers over there, man. But I love it. You know, CD News said it this week. It's like all you, all you media out there, Leo, <laughs> saying that they're only a seven-win team. He, he can't wait to see it. But I, I know you said it. You, you haven't thought that they're a seven-win team either. So I'm just ready. Look, it's only six Wednesdays, man, six Wednesdays, so. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, everybody down here is talking 20 and 0. And I tell you, I'm just going, hey, stop drinking the Kool-Aid. Stop smoking the, 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 the wacky tobacco. No. This team goes 12 or 13 or 14 wins. Be happy. It is hard to win 10 games in the NFL, especially with all the travel and the different nights you're playing in the short yeah. weeks. The Bucks have to go to Germany and play, you might as well uh, cast off either that game, the one before, the one after, because that that's going to take so much out of the team. And again, uh, I I don't see this as a you know a seventeen and oh sixteen and one fifteen. I don't see that. I just don't see that in anybody. Leo Haggerty, Sports Magazine. Enjoy the weekend, sir. Happy Father's Day to you. Well, happy Father's Day to you, too. And we're down here at TCU running the Ladanian Tomlinson football camp. So, uh, you know, I'm getting a little bit of uh, the coaching end to it so uh, I can uh, speak with some sort of acuity when it comes to football. (laughs) I hear you. Thank you, Leo. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. You too, brother. Yep, for sure. Uh, quick break. Final segment coming up next on the Sports Hangover in your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Get ready, Greater New Orleans area. The big one, the Great Southern Gun and Knife Show, is coming for two big days only this weekend at the Pontchartrain Center on Williams Boulevard. Show hours are Saturday 9 until 5, Sunday 10 till 5. Hundreds of dealer tables available. Full of guns, knives, ammunition, holsters, gun, books, camouflage, jewelry and related items. Hunters and collectors, this big show's for you. Buy, sell, trade or just spend the day browsing. Ladies are especially welcome. Admission is just $10 for adults and $2 for children ages 6 to 11. 
Sorry, no one under the age of 18 admitted without a parent. Got any guns to sell? Be sure they're unloaded and bring them to the show. Thousands of buyers will be there. Instant background checks available for gun purchases. The big one, the great Southern Gun and Knife Show. Show hours 9 to 5 Saturday, 10 till 5 on Sunday. Come to the Pontchartrain Center on Williams Boulevard to exercise your right to keep and bear arms. While you're there, be sure to register for the $50 restaurant gift card. See you there at the big one. Sure as shooting, don't miss it. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets, also holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7-985-632-5592. In Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve, or visit their website at joesseptic at viscom.net. El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway 1 in Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. Let's hit it. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Yesterday, FIFA announcing those American cities that will be hosting games in the 2026 FIFA World Cup. Atlanta, as I thought. I mean, you kind of would imagine that I would be a host city considering the amount of people that go to their Atlanta United soccer games. Boston, Dallas, Guadalajara over in Mexico, Houston, Kansas City, Los Angeles, Mexico City, Miami, Monterey in Mexico, New York, New Jersey, which would be the Meadowlands where the Giants play, the Jets play, Philadelphia, San Francisco Bay Area, Seattle, Toronto, and Vancouver. So those are the host cities for the 2026 World Cup coming up in a couple of years here. Uh, so again, kind of like we talked about yesterday with Coach Kenny Farrell, having Atlanta, Dallas, I mean, these are all direct flights from New Orleans and, and easily drivable or flyable for sure. Atlanta, Dallas, Houston, uh, definitely in the area, Miami. There are, I mean, you can get direct flights to any of these cities, obviously. I'm just saying like, Relatively cheap, right? You just hop on Southwest. I mean, you can go anywhere. You know, Atlanta is, you know, Delta Southwest, you name it. So I, I'm going. I, I want to go for sure. I mean, I'm going to try to go to a, a Team USA one. Uh, but man, I just, just the, the chance to say, I, I don't know, Argentina play or something. I mean, I just, it's going to be fun. I, I've never been. So I'm looking forward to seeing that here as well. Again, Top of the hour, Matt Moscone, after further review, will be popping on, and he will no like, uh, no doubt, to be talking about LSU's pitching coach leaving to go back to UW, where he was back in uh, 2018. The Huskies made it to the College World Series. He was on that staff, and he was named Assistant of the Year that year. So. This past season's pitching coach, Jason Kelly, now the 
Washington head baseball coach. So the Huskies head coach over there. So no doubt. Uh, Matt will update you on that as to who will likely be maybe some candidates to replace him at LSU as the pitching coach. I saw somebody already tweet trying to, trying to convince Ben McDonald. Anyway, um, one of the other things again, we were talking about in the show here so far today was the NBA finals where teams could be going next year in terms of, you know, chances to win and all and where the Pels kind of fit on there. And it's kind of interesting to hear so far from whether it's Ben or, you know, Raphael or others about where the Pels are. And if they're ninth or 10th in the West, I mean, it's a step up than where you were when you're starting the season. I think they're going to be better than that. But again, you know, you just don't know how those seasons are. I mean, the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard are completely different than the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. I know you can say, well, the Pelicans beat the Clippers in the play-in game. I, I understand that. You're, you're right. At the same time, um, you also can look at you know, a, a Laker team, it's, they're, they're going to be different when you have a healthy Anthony Davis. I mean, that, that just is what it is. They're, they're going to be different if he's healthy. And LeBron already out there saying, Hey, just wait to see what we got going up here. And, uh, before he's unleashed and you get to see what it was all like. Cause he is, I mean, he's a good basketball player when he's healthy. So. And look, you can, you can use the label when healthy with anybody and everything, right? Brandon Ingram, Pelicans, completely different team with and without Brandon Ingram. So next week, obviously, when we come back, we will be focusing on the NBA draft as that is now six days away. It will be Thursday night and we're going to have a special sports hangover show during 12 to 3. We'll really focus on it. I'll try to get as many Pels centric uh topics and obviously what what they could do because i've seen schmidt kind of out there putting some things too like what do you want him to trade down if you do is it as bad as it maybe in seasons past that you would want them to or not want them to because of players that you may want or not Uh, do you think they should just go ahead and try to trade up the the thing that a lot of national media members are, are, are pointing out when it comes to the pelicans is the lack of roster spots. They have 14 guaranteed contracts already. So, and again, that's not saying that any moves haven't been made. Now, it's a little different in the NBA than it is in the NFL. In the NFL, you have free agency. You have moves that you make before the draft, right? Players get cut. Players get waived. Players get released. Players get signed before the draft. In the NBA, it's different. They hold the draft, then they do different moves, which is why on draft night they do that silly thing where um, teams make the picks and trade, and it's proposed, and all that can't become official until you know the first day of the the league year and all this other stuff, which is after the NBA draft. So that's the thing that's kind of interesting to kind of just see what moves are going to be made by this team to free up perhaps some spots either with the draft picks or try to sign some players. Because, again, uh, I, I don't know if Garrett Temple, right? I'm just I, I'm just trying to think like three in particular. It may be in no particular order, but probably the order. It's Temple. It's probably Graham. And I think if Jackson Hayes is somebody that somebody wants, might might be something that could be in play. I don't know. But we'll get into that all next week. 
12 to 4. Oklahoma leading Texas A&M in the bottom of the fourth. Matt Muscona, after further review, will have that LSU now needs a new pitching coach. He'll have that to lead things off next. It's been the Sports Hangover. Thanks for listening. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Jordan. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans.